Hey friends, before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to pop in here to let you know about a little something that I'm cooking up in my cauldron behind the scenes. So as you know, I'm a midlife woman and a mom who's also an empath. If you've been listening to the episode, you all know these things. But for those who don't, yes, I am all those things. But because of that and how I am being, a lot of people have been asking me how I've been able to stop energy drain, because I used to have a lot of that, to deal with overwhelm, to hold really strong boundaries and sustain this high energy. So I'm putting together a small group coaching program to show a select few how I have done it and to teach you how to do it too. So in four weeks, we'll get together once a week online for some group coaching where I'll show you how to build and hold strong boundaries to stop the overwhelm so that you can get clarity on creating the best second chapter of your life. I know in midlife, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of upheaval. Things aren't you thought they might be. So that's what this group coaching is going to be all about. I'm looking for just six people to be founding members to join me live in the process of building this program with me. The benefit is that this group's going to be intimate so you can really get hands-on coaching for your specific challenges. Now, because it's a pilot program, I'm offering it at half of what it's going to be once I do officially launch it. But you need to get in on the inside scoop list. So email me at lesliann at suryagian.com. That's lesliann, L-E-S-L-I-E-A-N-N at suryagian. So that's spelled S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N.com to get more information and to get in on the container because these six spots are going to get taken up quick. So hop on in as soon as you can. We're going to start this program real soon. And now on with the episode. Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, you know the drill if you've been listening for a while. You just take a moment here to pause, take a deep breath, and find that fantasticness in the body. I will say I'm feeling a little tired today, but uh, it is very important for me to say a little something about the recent events here in the US. So first I want to kick us off with an Oracle card as um, is my thing lately, right? To, to consult the divination tool of tarot and Oracle. So I shuffled the cards before I started recording. Um, I'm using the Starseed Oracle 
deck for today's um, episode. And I pulled the card Calling, which is a very interesting uh, card in terms of the, the artwork and the image. Uh, we have a doorway with the cosmos on the other side of that doorway. And there is a woman in red robes walking towards it. So, um, I don't know. It looks really cool. And underneath called, it says soul gifts and training. It's time to step up. All right. Well, I can only imagine it is about answer your calling, whatever that is. But some of us don't even know what that calling is. Some of us can't quite hear it. So let me, um, just read what the guidebook says first, and then we'll go from there. So you came to earth with a double mission to grow as a soul and to bring about a shift in consciousness. Now, if that is not something, um, that isn't clear now, then I don't know how much more of a, an announcement we need. (laughs) The best way to fulfill these personal and collective purposes is to trust that what it is that your soul is calling you toward Oh, oh, got it. Okay. The best way to fulfill these personal and collective purposes is to trust that what it is your soul is calling you toward for it's encoded within the most direct path forward. So trust what you want, trust what you're being called to do. Your soul has many unique gifts that it came here to share. Some you may already be aware of others. You're just beginning to uncover. You're being called to remember that your soul intelligently chose the perfect conditions to carry out your soul's mission and share your soul's gifts. If you're being called toward a creative project, a passion, or an adventure, this card is your confirmation that you're facing the right way and that this moment right here is destined. If you're feeling unprepared or thinking, who am I to do that? This card is guiding you to step up and leap and consider perhaps that your soul has been training for this moment right here for lifetimes. So here's a starseed activation. Hmm. I love that. Instead of an inquiry, it's an activation. So place this card on the portal of your heart and whisper the following. Okay. You all can just pretend that you have a card, put your hand over your heart. And this is what you, what you say. I call forth the soul gifts and soul training that I've received throughout all of my lifetimes. I'm ready to embody them all now without hesitation or fear. I fully commit to being here now. I'm ready to step into my whole, my soul's highest and most potent calling. I've been training for this for lifetimes. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine just, I mean, there are not a lot of us who think about past lifetimes. I mean, some don't even believe in past lifetimes. And well, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I, I'm hoping you fall on the side of, I do believe in lifetimes. Like I, I had a past life of blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, if you, if you don't, then maybe you'll be open to learning something. Um, but not a lot of us think about our past lifetimes as preparing us for this moment. Um, there is a movie that came out. I don't know if it's out now still, but Michelle Yao uh, starred in it and it is called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And that was such, um, visually, conceptually speaking, it was a, a really like fun, wild, fantastic film. And in it, her main character is leading this sort of 
humdrum, seemingly humdrum life. It's a multiverse movie story. And, um, and so the different versions of her come into play as the, as the narrative unfolds. And just, it's really cool to see how they were all aware of each other, except for the main character and, um, and how they're like, this is why we're doing this. This is why we experience this because we collectively have come to this moment where you need to save the planet. Basically, (laughs) that's basically it. Um, I mean, but still it's such a, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. So I highly recommend that y'all go see it. Anyway, you're calling. It's time for you to step up. It's time for you to do what needs to be done. Um, as far as what your heart is calling you to do, you can't, uh, deny yourself the calling anymore. I mean, we are at a point now, especially in the United States, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this, where stuff is happening and so intensely that if you are to look away, if you are to avoid facing what's happening, you're going to be even more miserable, that you're you're going to be affected in a way that feels out of control. Um, so there's a few things here. First, none of us are, um, none of us fully have control over the external things, right? So the things that are happening around us, we don't have control over that. We have control over who we are being and how we respond to the external things, right? And so my invitation is for, uh, for all of you to cultivate that practice of response rather than reaction. Okay, we'll start with that. So if you don't face your heart's calling, if you don't turn towards it, then the external world will, what's the word? I can't, I was going to say design itself to um, support what you want, right? And so let's say you've always wanted to be an artist, but society is like, nah, artists don't get paid. Like really get a real job, you know? And so you go and get a corporate job and you keep telling yourself, you know, I'll paint, I'll be the artist. I'll do my thing later, later after retirement, whenever, you know, once I get all the money and I retire, then that's when I'm going to be the artist. Chapter two, chapter two. And, um, what happens is that you believe yourself to be a corporate, um, worker employee And you continue on this path and everything around you supports you, supports your existence as that corporate employee. You know, it's like, oh, you're not happy at your job. Go find another one. Same thing, though. It ends up being like in a cubicle and you're not happy and blah, blah, blah. Of course, I'm totally making this up and and generalizing and stereotyping. But this stereotypes are based on on actual things. So these these generalizations I'm making are definitely based on my past experience with corporate America, which is not fun. Um, so yeah, I, and so you continue on with this, this corporate life and then you start to feel sick, like a lot, you know, you call out sick, you got a cold, you got a headache, migraine, you know, things are not good and you're struggling with your health, but you're like, no, 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 I just, you know, I just got to power through. I just got to keep going. And then something happens where you are walking to your office and you see this street artist selling their work and you feel so inspired and your heart is like about to explode with so much 
love and inspiration that you're that you just run home and go you know start painting <laughs> and you know and then you realize it feels so good but you can't do it because it doesn't pay it's not secure people think you're weird so you continue on with this corporate job and pretty soon your life starts to feel super restricted you start to feel grumpy resentful angry all the time short fuse short tempers um yeah and it's all because your body energetically is not in alignment and so you think back to that time that you painted and how freeing that felt how much in flow it felt and so you decide all right you know maybe maybe this corporate life isn't for me and then what happens when you follow your heart's calling what might happen is that things will then start to open up things opportunities may fall into place you know you might start working on your art you're still working the job but you're working on your art more and then some random friends like hey you know I got some space at my uh, table at this art fair this booth I'm you know God why don't you bring some stuff over I know you've been painting and blah 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 and suddenly you're selling your art and people love it you know and so it's um, you never know that's all I have to say is you never know and a lot of us operate from that limited vision of seeing what we want to see of knowing what we know forgetting that we don't know at all that we don't know beyond our our sight our line of vision that we need to reach beyond into the unknown and trust that whatever we find there is for our highest good and so I've been thinking this this is interesting this card that comes forward because I originally uh, started this recording this podcast episode with the intention to talk a little bit about Roe versus Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court um, last week. And <clears throat> I have all these things to, sh to share. And this, this card is saying, hey, y'all are being called to step up, really to step up. And if the overturning of Roe versus Wade is not a wake up call, then we are in big freaking trouble because we have had so many wake-up calls up until this point I mean probably since 2015 2016 election 2016 was a big wake-up call did anything change no you know why because the people who are in positions of power and privilege may have been clutching their pearls like oh whatever but did not affect them any thing that feels hard or surprising or an uprising or so you know something if it doesn't affect me I am not going to do anything about it and I'm specifically talking about white women um, you know I think about the election of 2016 and how everyone went and participated in the women's march and as a woman of color I was actually scared for my safety but I was like no I have to do this I have to go out there and I have to demonstrate because I want to have my voice heard I want to do something like physically felt called called to do something because I knew that my body who I am as a woman of color was under siege and 
I also wanted to march for my daughters. And then the white women came out with their pink hats. And what happened then? Nothing. That was the most, um, it could have just been my, you know, where I was at, you know, I marched in New York, but it was the most mild protest I had ever been to. I was like, what is this? Like, where am I? Are people taking a walk in the park on a Sunday afternoon? Like what? I didn't, I did not understand that energy at all. Um, it did not feel like a protest. It just felt like, oh, we want to just walk with a bunch of people. <laughs> I mean, I wrote about my experience. You can go Google it. Um, it's on a blog from that time. Uh, and you can learn a bit more about my experience during that demonstration. But, um, but yeah, so a lot of things have happened since then. We've got, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement has become more visible and more active and a lot of folks are participating in that and that's great, right? But did George Floyd have to be murdered for that to happen, you know? And so that happened, but has anything really changed? No, the, the deaths of black folks at the hands of police still going on, you know? Um, we don't hear about it because now it's not new. It's not new news. Uh, and then we've got, you know, the, the murders of kids in their schools because of guns. And does anyone want to do anything about the gun laws? We're going to wring our hands a little bit, hem and haw, and we're going to wait and be like, well, you know, the Second Amendment did say we had a right to bear arms. Yeah, you know what? They said that back before the bullet was even invented. So I don't think that the intention was, you know, arm yourself and protect yourself from the big, bad people who don't look like me. Um, so guns have more rights than women. So let's talk about Roe versus Wade. For those who are not familiar, the Supreme Court has um, decided to overturn the ruling and, that all women have a right to an abortion. And, that, and it goes... You know, there, there are more nuances to that. But what this does is that it sends a message that women do not matter as full human beings, that we are not deserving of just basic health care. Abortion is not what people are think like are what quote unquote pro-lifers are making it out to be. Abortion is health care. And what the Supreme Court did was take away the choice. It's not like go out, go ahead. Yeah. Y'all go out, get drunk, have sex, and then, you know, have an abortion. That is not what that is. It is about making choices and having autonomy, having freedom of choice over our bodies, full sovereignty. And so what, ha what's going on here is that there's just, it's just a big mess. Um, but initially when I heard the uh, the announcement of the ruling, I fell into grief because here I felt like here I was as a woman, as a woman of color, now just being further stripped of any rights that I had to my body. 
And I thought about my daughters and their rights to their bodies. And so that was just, you know, my processing initially. And then, you know, I shifted that to then anger and then asking myself, all right, what can I do about it? And so this is where the spiritual practice comes in, right? We've got the activism. We've got, you know, we got to go out and demonstrate and protest and write to our elected officials or email them or call them, like all the things. But also, we need to take care of ourselves, to take care of our mental health, our emotional health, to allow ourselves the space to process what is happening in order to serve from a full cup. So, yeah, the spirituality piece of it is we have awareness around, one, what's happening externally, what is happening in the outside world, in society and culture, and two, how are we responding to that? You know, we can feel the feelings. I allowed the feelings to flow through me, but don't let them dictate how you act going forward, you know, feel the feelings, right? Let it roll through your body and then shake it out. You know, feelings are there to, to remind you one, that you're human, but two, what kind of action to take once you've processed that, that emotion or emotions, plural, because the whole spectrum is, is running through. And then once the emotion's clear, then you can step back and observe yourself and say, Hey, what is the next action or even what's the next emotion but you can choose how to respond and you can choose love always which is not easy but if you lead with love you take action with love people are going to be more receptive to you people are going to be more willing to receive whatever action you're doing, whatever message you're sharing. But if you come at it with anger, there's more resistance. Resistance will be met with resistance. And I'm not saying don't be angry. By all means, anger is a healthy response. Anger needs a healthy outlet. It needs to be released in creative ways. Demonstrating is definitely one of them. Make your voice heard. But shouting at people and and fighting with them, telling them that they're wrong or they're stupid or whatever, that's not going to get the message to anybody. We need to work together as human beings and understand that this ruling does not allow for humanity to be here. You know, and I'm just going to briefly say that the pro-lifers, the fundamentalists, they say they're about lives, right? But yet they allow for guns to be readily available for semi-automatic rifles to be readily available. Why does anyone need a gun like that, first of all? 
Like, really, why was that even invented? I mean, such destruction in such a short amount of time. What for? That's not love. That is anger and frustration and loneliness and not belonging expressed in a way that the person just didn't know that there were other options. So if you cared about life, you would keep semi-automatic rifles unavailable or hard to get, whatever. But let's just talk basics now, right? If pro-lifers were really about life, why don't we have the infrastructure necessary to support women who give birth, to support women who need support in childcare, maternity leave, equal pay? You know, if you're really about life, then that all stuff, all that stuff needs to be put in place, but they're not. They're not. I read somewhere like the unborn is an easy demographic to fight for because they don't talk back. You know, you don't have to take care of them. It's just easy. They're still in the womb. But once they're born, these pro-lifers vanish. It's like, oh, oh, wait, what? No, that's, that's your responsibility. That's your problem. Oh, you didn't want the baby because you knew you didn't have the economic um, infrastructure to support you raising a child? Oh, but that's on you. Mm-mm. I don't think so. So this is a big conversation that I really don't have the capacity to have right now, but I did want to pop on here and at least share some preliminary thoughts. Um, I'm going to plan to interview some women um, just to weigh in because this is an important subject for us to keep talking about and doing something about. It can't just be like this blip in, in the media news and newsfeed and, and then vanish because some other tragedy happened, right? So it's important for us to stay vigilant, to share our stories. I mean, stories are so important, so important because as Adichie says, Chimamanda Adichie says the, the single story is dangerous. And so we need to hear multiple stories. We need to hear your story. So if you're listening and you want to come on the show and share your story, reach out to me because I want to use this platform for as many women as possible to share whatever story they need to share so that we as a collective, as a culture, as a nation can understand that we are more alike than we are different. That it comes down to our individual stories that show us how alike we are. That's all I have the capacity for today, my friends. I'm really feeling, whew, yeah, I gotta go take a nap or something. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So I'm gonna pull one more card, all right, just to kind of close out the show. Let's see what our card is. Oh, look at this. 
This card is the Courageous Peony. What an interesting card. So the, the Courageous Peony, I don't see it in my guidebook. Oh, there it is. Okay, so multifaceted, unique nature, let yourself be seen. <laughs> Isn't that what I've just called you to do? to come on and share your story, let yourself be seen. So the, the Courageous Peony is, is a beautiful um, image of a woman sort of in that dreamy uh, artwork of these, of these cards with a crown of oversized peonies. It's so beautiful. Um, here's what the guidebook says. Flowers don't open and close according to who walks by. They embrace all of what they are and show it to the world around them. The peony doesn't try to compete with the cherry blossom, and the cherry blossom doesn't try to compete with the tulip. They own what they are and trust the timing of their true nature. You're being called to do the same. It's time to open yourself up to being seen, time to share your incredible multifaceted true nature with the soul around with sorry, with the world around you. To uncover and reveal your soul's greatest gifts without wavering to own your uniqueness without apology. There's a flower on this planet that holds the same qualities that your soul is readying itself to express. Let it inform you. You may have been taught that it's safer to keep your light hidden and your voice small, to hide behind the bushes instead of growing tall. The courageous peony is here to remind you that it's safe to embody all of who you are. It's safe to share your voice and let yourself be seen. At first, it may feel uncomfortable and you may be afraid of what others think, but with each passing day, it does become easier. Practice makes perfect. Little by little, you realize that it draws in those who are meant for you and experiences you've been longing to arrive. Oh, you've been longing for arrive at your feet. And so this is the inquiry, soul inquiry for this card. How are you being called to allow yourself to be more visible and seen in the world? Come on my show and tell your story. Whatever story it is, let's hear it. Let's let's let us bear witness to it. If you do want to share your story on my show, you can reach out to me at lesliean.suryagian.com. That is S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N.com. All right, my friends. Oh, and for those who are new to the show, Suryagian is my spiritual name. It means one whose wisdom shines as brilliant as the sun. So there you go. All right, my friends, that's all for now to be continued. And so I close this episode as I always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagian.com slash subscribe.